You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 through 26. What did Moses expect to see that first trek down Mount Sinai? Did he expect to see the men and women who had now had any option before them because they were free? They had no one chasing them, no one whipping them, no one stealing their children and killing them. They had a moment of peace, a moment to make decisions for their family and those people camped out next to them so that these neighbors, these people who they sweat and bled with, who they struggled and suffered beside, who they just faced death with, they had a moment to breathe and to begin to create a new life with each other out of the freedom that they had been given. So what did Moses expect? Perhaps some people would be waiting on a word from the Lord. And some were certainly getting tents set up and animals slaughtered for dinner and generally doing daily life stuff. Did he expect to see God's newly gathered and free people enslaving themselves to the worship of a pagan God who needed to have a golden cow made to represent him? Probably not. (laughs) Perhaps we could borrow some of 
Paul's words from last week and respond like this. You ran away so well. You trusted in a wonder-working God to save you. Who has distracted you from the truth? You were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, for the sake of freedom. Well, you too, brothers and sisters, have been called to freedom. That's you, that's me, and that's what Paul told us last week. Now, we all know how this works. If we are the ones allowing someone else to have freedom, the first question that we want to ask is, how can we limit that freedom so that this person does not take advantage of it? However, if we are the ones receiving freedom and someone comes to us and says, well, you're kind of free, but you need to do this and that. You need to have this boundary and this boundary set into place. How is it that we want to respond? Whoa, no, I am free. Back up, back off of my freedom. Thank you very much. So what is Paul going to say? You were called to freedom, but here are the rules that you must follow in order to keep your freedom. No. Paul does not say, out with the old law and in with the new. Instead, he says, in Christ you have been set free. It is what you were meant for. I don't know if teachers and parents still do this, but when I was young, and in many movies that I still watch, you hear adults speak to children and say, when you grow up, you could do anything. Now, for an adult who is stuck in a job and has all kinds of responsibilities, that sounds pretty great, doesn't it? <laughs> because truth be known, we adults would like to be doing anything else. We've made our choices, and maybe we should have been more wise with them. As a kid, when I heard things like this in school, though, I was confused, because uh, do whatever I want, be what I want to be, those were pretty big and moving targets. I did not even know all the options. It's a bit exhausting. I think that is how adults actually wash their hands of guilt. I'm being a little bit funny. When someone grows up and says, this isn't what I wanted to do with my life. Those who had influence say, well, we didn't tell you that's what you had to do. Those were your choices. <laughs> See, we confuse freedom with choices. To stay with this way of thinking, I have a good friend who's a maths wizard. He just gets it. He was born to be an engineer and design really cool stuff. No one ever told him, maybe you should explore your options. Have you thought of becoming a chef or a uh, horse groomer or a florist? No, everyone said, keep your grades up so you can choose what kind of engineering work you want to do. See, he has been set free. He has the freedom to be a good engineer without a whole bunch of options or choices. Freedom is not getting to choose whatever we want. And in our case, we are, we are gifted freedom by Jesus and only have it in him. And this freedom is given to us for a reason. What does Paul say this reason is? Not as an opportunity to continue acting selfishly. That is what you have been freed from. 
See, before Jesus justified you or made you right in the eyes of God and gave you all of his righteousness, you were enslaved to performance. Your identity could only ever be whatever it is that you did. In your life in the world, you know that you will be seen and defined by what you do. So if you are dishonest, then people will know you as a liar. If you act ignorantly, you will not be taken seriously. The churches in Galatia knew this, and they knew that they wanted to be seen by God and all of God's people as real Christians. And so, follow the law, and get circumcised, and do all the things that point away from the one thing that actually identifies, defines, saves, and changes you. Jesus' person and work, his blood shed for you. So you are no longer identified by what you do, but instead by what Christ has done for you. You have been set free in Christ to stop defining yourself by what you do. So no longer acting selfishly, but rather showing love through service to one another. You have not just been set free into nothingness, but you have been set free to something for a reason with purpose. We have all found ourselves feeling purposeless throughout these lockdowns and this last year. It does not feel good. In fact, it feels like a prison. It feels not free. But you do have purpose. Paul even says in verse 14, If you want to be so concerned about following the law, you must not understand that you have already been set free from using the law for sinful purposes. The sinful purposes of, of saving yourself. And you have been given the freedom of having a new heart that can actually love and serve because your right standing before God is not tied up in what you have done, but instead by in what Jesus has done for you. And, and that is called real love. That is called real service. Paul then tells us in verse 15 that holding the law up as a standard to be achieved instead of as a mirror that reveals our sin, is going to keep all you all at one another's throats. Always finger pointing and trying to figure out who's in and who is out. Always taking one step deeper into obedience to works of the law instead of looking to Jesus who has gifted himself to you in faith. Verses 16 to 23 then go on to give us two lists that are meant to play off of one another, to compare one another. One is obviously negative and one is positive. The purpose of these lists, though, are not for you to make them a task list. And then you go through and you mark the ones you're doing or not doing. The purpose is to show us two ways of walking. Paul uses this walking language throughout his writing and twice in our passage today. Now, 
I'm not sure how you've been taught this before. Walking in the Spirit does not mean a certain kind of walk. Uh, there's no steps to follow here. It does not take a certain kind of shoes. It is not some mystical and magical thing. Walking here in the text is simply a picture for what you do on a daily basis. That is how you live your life. In fact, we always talk about Ephesians chapter 2 when Paul encourages us to understand our salvation firstly and then to, to walk in the good works that are laid out before you by God the Holy Spirit. So, if you are living your life for the things that you have been set free um, to use your life for, then you will not be trying to please your sinful self at every step of the day. There's one more thing that we need to understand here. Paul is not talking about the flesh as in our physical bodies. Flesh here is also a picture for something. That is our sinful nature and our sinful actions. And in the same way, the spirit here is not some invisible feeling thing um, that, that only some certain very uh, spiritual people understand. Spirit here is life as a Christian. You do not need a second helping of the Spirit. As a person who knows Jesus has saved them, and that you are placing your, your fear and love and trust in Him, you have the Spirit. And with all of this talk about flesh and the Spirit, uh, this is a good time to be reminded that you will never be perfect. You are always going to be, thank God, 100% justified because of what Jesus has done for you. And unfortunately, you will also always be 100% sinner until the day that you die or Jesus returns and makes you complete. Uh, this, the word that we use for that is glorified. So these verses are good for us to hear because it's a reminder that freedom is a battlefield. It is a bloody mess, and there are casualties. You will seldom be whole in this battle. And where is this battle being waged? In and around you. Your sinner-saint nature, that's that 100% saint, 100% sinner nature, will constantly be under attack. And, and Satan... Your own sinful nature, the world, and the fear of pain and death will always be fighting to take the comfort of Christ away from you. This is normal. Do not be dismayed and do not be downhearted. Galatians 5 verses 17 to 18. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The law of God is a good thing. And the law of God always accuses. We can thank God for this because this is how we see our sin. This is how it is made known to us. But we are also set free from the condemnation that comes along with that. We are no longer under the law. We hear the accusation that comes from it, but we cannot be hurt by it because Jesus took our condemnation on himself 
on the cross. The works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Now, if your daily life is filled with things like these, if this is what walking looks like to you, then Paul says this, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you're looking at that list and saying, well, oof, I am guilty of some of those things, does this mean I'm out? Slow your roll, okay? <laughs> Are these the things that you lean on and trust in? Are these the places that you find comfort? Is this your daily walk? Paul, again, is not giving you a list. Instead, he is saying that working to look and act more Jewish and less Gentile is not how you know your spiritual status. If you fear, love, and trust in these things, then you need God to change you. You need God, the Holy Spirit, to pick you up and turn you around. You need God to repent you. You need that old, dead heart of stone removed and a living, beating heart that is made alive by the Spirit put into your chest. How does Paul compare our sinful nature and our redeemed nature? He does this by using two words. The first one, works. The other, fruit. So works versus fruit. Works of the flesh and fruit, that is something that must be produced in you, grown in you, planted, farmed, and harvested. Something we do, that's works, versus something God does, that's fruit. Galatians 5, 22-24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Love is listed first because it is a sort of seed or root of all these other things on the list. However, do not be confused into thinking that you have some of the fruits and that God must still be growing others in you. This fruit of the Spirit is a single fruit. It is one fruit, like an apple or a mango, okay? <laughs> you can and should meditate on this list. You can and should work to grow in each of these areas. Your neighbor will thank you for it. Your co-workers will thank you for it. Your fellow church members will thank you for it. But you may not see all of these things all the time. And you may be constantly battling against yourself for each one of them. Again, this is not a list for you to check off like you've got it all under control. This is the work of God the Holy Spirit in your life. Changing you and shaping you. But that old dead Adam, that old dead Eve will be grabbing a hold of you and trying to drag you back down into the grave your whole life. 
you will not be whole in this life. Yet take comfort because you have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer you who lives, but he who lives in and through you. Even if you could squeak and eke out some of these fruits, how long can you keep it up, right? How long can you sit by yourself and grumble? Okay, be patient, be patient, be patient, be loving, uh, be gentle, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> God is doing this for and through you by his spirit, strengthening you. He's creating love, joy, peace, uh, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in you. And there is no law that could ever do that. Only God can do that. Only the person and work of Jesus applied to you by the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God, can do that. So if we claim the name of Christ, let us not follow works of the law that could never save us. Because at the end of the day, they are works of the flesh. Let us not claim some spirituality through outward appearance and action when the only true spirituality comes to us through the Spirit of God. And in the midst of this, let us not become like the church in Galatia that was proud of their works of the law, that, that pushed and provoked one another to abandon Jesus for some other spirituality. And God, we pray that we would never envy one another, but rather that we would build one another up. Let us have the mind of Christ, sharing in what he loves, doing nothing from selfish ambition or pride, but rather in humility count one another more significant than ourselves. Let us look to each other's interests, showing love through service to one another. In fact, we should have this mind with one another, which is ours in Christ Jesus our Savior, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even a criminal's death on a cross. And it was on that cross where Jesus' blood was shed for you, listener, where you were set free and forgiven. Rest in and rely upon that good news, thanking God for the good fruit that is being grown in you. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.